Running a home takes a lot of energy. So at Energy Australia, we've created the Total Energy Plan. An energy plan that, yes, ticks the boxes. Get a discount off your total energy bill, guaranteed. No lock-in contracts and fixed rates for 12 months. Find out how you can save with our Total Energy Plan. Energy Australia. Light the way. Conditions apply. To view basic plan information documents, visit energyaustralia.com.au. Hi, how are you? You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. If there's one major fear I've had about big school, it would have to be nits. Years before I had my kids, parent friends would regale me with horror stories explaining that once your child hits primary school in particular, they're impossible to avoid. Be prepared to feel like you have an itchy head, people, because we are talking about nits, how common they are and how you can actually get rid of them. Nikki Breen is from Choice Australia. Hi, Nikki. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. I'm great. And you? I'm good. Have you started to scratch your head yet? Oh, yeah. When I was researching this, I was just, I could feel this, the hairs on the back of my neck standing up, you know, the, the itch going. It really does. <laughs> if it's, you know, the creepy crawl, crawly chat definitely makes everyone's skin crawl and your head crawl too if you're oh, a, little, a little one. Stop it. Stop it. Okay. Um, let's talk about this. Why do children seem to get more nits than adults? Look, there's a lot of myths around nits and head lice, and um, one of one of them is that this is this idea that they they can jump from they can jump from head to head like you know <laughs> some sort of you know insectoid superhero. The reality is they need head to head contact to um to to transmit. Um, and obviously, when you're dealing with little kids, they're a lot less aware of personal boundaries. You know, they wrestle, they share things, they share hats, they share combs. They're always, you know, they can. Cl- I mean, I know. We- You've got kids. Well, I've got two little ones always climbing on top of me. Whereas adults, we don't tend to do that as much. <laughs> so it really, really does come down to just the fact that they are basically they play together. They have a lot of head-to-head contact, and that's how that's how they spread. Okay, is it just as common in childcare settings as school in that way? Because, um, like I said, my friends were like, "Oh, it, nits are just endemic in schools, and they go through waves, and you can't get rid of them." And I touch wood have not. My kids have not had nits yet, even though my daughter's at primary school, though I know they've had nits there. I'm just wondering. I I would have actually thought that kids at daycare probably are more inclined to rub their heads together. Look, I had a chat with an educator friend of mine a while ago about because um, yeah, one of my one of my kids. I'm not going to out which one. One of my kids did come home with the creepy crawlies, and we've had friends call up and say, "Hey, so and so's got nits. You might want to check your heads." Um, and they told me that if they had, to, I was like, "Oh, can I send? Can I send them to school? Yes or no? You know, can you go in? Can you go into the daycare centre?" And um, she said, "If we excluded every child that had nits, there wouldn't be any kids in here. <laughs> so, or who, or who." Or who might have the possibility of having them. People would just be off all the time. So, look, it is one of those things. It is problematic. Unfortunately, there's not a lot to do to prevent that. Um, but when it comes to fixing it, there are a couple of things you can do. Um, the first thing to say is that a lot of that those off-the-shelf cures, they don't work or they're not 100% effective. And that's it's so interesting you say that because I 
I had heard this, <clears throat> that those, the millions that you can get, and they're very expensive, and I'm sure my mother used it when we were little. Um, you will talk, I'll talk to friends and they'll go, oh, I've got this brand and it's awesome and it completely works. And in the back of my head, I'm like, really? Did it really work? Because none of them, as you say, are 100% effective. What did Choice find with regard to all those different brands? Well, yeah, it was just that, that, you know, we'd looked at them. We've had none of them 100% effective. And also what we what, what we know about lice is that they're actually cunning little creatures who they start adapting, especially with insecticides, they start adapting to um, to the insecticides and becoming more resistant to them. And you'll see you get re- resistance in certain geographical areas, and that's that's one reason for that. Um the best way to get rid of them, unfortunately, is a bit of elbow grease, is the tried and tested old school method of comb and conditioner. And this is basically where you just get a bottle of the cheapest conditioner possible. You lather it on your child's head. I don't think, you know, we don't have any tips for how you make them stay still enough to do this, but you lather <laughs> it on your child's head and you get a good quality knit comb, one with the metal cylindrical spokes is probably the best. And comb, they do the painstaking combing the knits and the lice out. And then once you, you know, every Every time you comb it down, you wipe them on a piece of paper towel. I've used water to dunk dunk the the knit comb in. It's pretty gross. It is pretty gross. <laughs> Try not to sit, let your kids see your reactions. It's um, and then you do that, and you basically have to repeat that every couple of days for around seven to ten days to get to break the life cycle. I just want to go back a step because my concern is always when I get that note, oh, there's been nits at school, check your kids' heads for nits because they haven't had them before. I'm always like, oh, I don't even know what they look like. What are you looking for when you're checking your kids' heads? Oh, if you, if, there's, if, the, if there are creepy crawlies there, you'll find them. I mean, look, there's the note from school or the phone call from the anguished parent um, and the telltale scratching signs of your kids. Um, what you're looking for, so here's where you get the distinction. So nits are actually the eggs that head lice lay, and they are these little white dots. They're about the size of a pinhead, and they and they stick to the hair. This is why they're so difficult to get rid of because they don't just you, you can't just like wave them out. You've got to get that comb and really just pull them off each each strand of hair. So that's what you're looking for. You're looking for sort of like a dandruffy type um, dandruffy type dots on your hair that 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 are hard to move. Um, with lice, it's pretty clear they're about two to four milliliters long. They're light brown in color, um, and they tend to look, if you look around the nape of the neck, uh, just on the top of the scalp and around the ears, that's where you might see the telltale scurrying. Oh, don't. Oh, yeah, it's pretty grim. And if you're washing your head's ki- your kid's hair um, in the bath, you might see one with a comb, you might see one pop out. It's, oh, God. Uh, oh, it's pretty grim. But no stigmas here. It's something that every parent goes through and every kid goes through, unless you're very, very lucky and you manage to avoid it. So far, I feel like this might be the year. Um, so you you do that. Is it like other things? Like with worms, you have to dose your kids again after nine, ten days. Is nits the same? Do you have to keep going back? Because I've heard of parents who are like, I just can't get rid of them. Yeah, with the comb and conditioner, you have to keep going back. Because what happens is you get rid of them. And this is another reason why the, um, the off-the-shelf products can be a little bit not – they don't work that consistently well because people treat them once and then leave it and think, oh, the problem's solved. What those insecticides tend to do is they kill the, the lice, the live lice, but those knit eggs that are still there will still hang around and then those lice will hatch. And if you haven't, if you don't retreat your child, then um, then they're going to 
start all up again. So, and this is why that comb and conditioner is good because, you know, if you, I mean, small kids as well, little people, they can be a bit sensitive to any kind of chemicals you, you put on the head. Whereas like bog standard conditioner, it's not going to hurt. It's incredibly effective. I think probably because so much work goes into the sitting there and combing the hair out. But yeah, you have to keep repeating it. I would repeat it every two to three days just to be sure. Do it over about a 10-day period. So we know that that life cycle of the eggs hatching goes to about seven to 10 days. So if you do that for 10 days, repeat every two to three days for a 10-day period with a comb and the conditioner, you should get rid of them. <laughs> now, I have heard that some hairdressers de knit children but I have also heard hairdressers say they've had a child sit down and they've just had a head full of lice or a head full of dead lice and they're like this isn't my job I'm not gonna touch this head (laughs) (laughs) you know and and I think fair enough too but has it become a thing because some you know we like to outsource a lot of stuff can you outsource to a hairdresser look you can but if you go down to your hairdresser down the road and say oh my kid's got knits uh can you sort it out please they'll probably tell you to uh find somewhere else to go i don't say that very politely it's the polite version um there are speciality hairdressers that do it and they have they specifically they're they're called things like knit busters knit splits that's that sort of thing so the whole marketing is around that's all they do there's no haircuts there it's just about getting yeah it's not a job i would choose to do but hey i take my hat off to them there is a market to it and they are basically extremely diligent in terms of like they will go through and um the idea is that they go through, get rid of the eggs, get rid of the lice so there aren't any left. Um, now, we haven't reviewed any of these places, so we don't know what they're like. All I would say is that if you are going to go and use, because they're not cheap, if you're going to go and use one of these services and they promise to get rid of the nits and better do it, you are more than entitled to go back and say, hey, this is what you said you were going to do, hasn't happened, and get either your money back or another treatment. So mm, Sounds like they probably need another treatment. Um, so... Is there any way of preventing them in the first place? You mentioned um, just before you said, look, no judgment. Every family goes through this. And um, I've heard that nits love clean hair, for example. So will I just make my kids the skankiest in the class and never wash their hair? Yeah, sadly, there's just no, it used to be, I think it's a bit of a, I don't know if it's a PC thing, because it used to be like, oh, nits love daddy hair, you know, back in the 70s or 80s, it used to be like, oh, you know, it's unclean. And then it was like, that 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 idea got flipped on its head. It's like, no, they love really clean hair. Truth is, nits don't care what state your, your hair's in. They don't like, <laughs> they don't care if it's long, they don't care if it's short. In fact, it's not about their hair. They want to get to your scalp and uh, take a nice chunk out of you. I mean, they live on human blood. I mean, it's, it's gross, but that's <laughs> what, that's what they do. Um, so yeah, look. It's got nothing to do with hygiene. It's got nothing to do with the length or if your hair's long or short. Um, it has all to do with how much contact you come into with other people head to head. Um, I mean, it's one of the things about getting rid of nits that are really qu- the quirkiest thing I heard was that they used to advise you that if your child had nits or lice, to get all their stuff and stick it in the freezer. To kill them. I know, I know. I don't have space in my freezer for all my child's things. Like, you know, there's just no way. So they actually, they don't live for very long off the body. They can still be transmitted to, you know, I would advise not um, sharing hats or combs because they definitely, that is one way they can be transmitted, although it is lower risk. Um, But yeah, just once you've treated them, you can't do anything to prevent them. Just give the bedding a wash once you've gotten gotten rid of them um, and 
cross your fingers and hope for the best. Uh, so you, you do have to wash the bedding. I had heard that as well. I was like, yeah. are you kidding me? You have to do that whole stuff with your hair and then you have to go wash all the sheets in like 90 degree heat or something. Yeah, I think even just a normal wash will do. It's just more about like, it's just about trying to close it off and, you know, doing as much as you can to to break that cycle. Um mm. But yeah, in terms of prevention, the only thing to watch out for is if you do get a phone call is to check your kid's head carefully um, because while you might not see the lice, the knit eggs might be there and that's just a bit of a way of getting a jump on it before before the little furry friends come out, <laughs> before they come out to like, you know, take up permanent residence. If you can get those knit eggs off early on, then you're going to be at least head of the game. I can't believe it, but I actually um, do really appreciate this interview. It's It's been insightful and at least we've got a way forward to deal with it if it happens if it happens and I then think unfortunately be... it's when for most of us I see I'm scratching my head now. I know I'm just oh. thinking maybe there's some um apparatus someone can invent that you put onto your kid's neck that keeps their head away from yours because I can deal with nits in their hair I just cannot deal with the thought of them in mine yeah, that's the other thing with parents. I that's and this is the <clears throat> this is the taboo part of the conversation. I think it's when your kids have nits, you have to you know, it's not a bad idea to get that comb out and run it through your own hair, even just for your own peace of mind. It's not what you want coming out at a client meeting. It is not. Oh. It is not. But I uh, look, it must be fairly prevalent. I don't know if you guys have seen that um, Sarah Jessica Parker movie. I don't know how she does it. There's a scene there with um, where she has nits at a client meeting. <laughs> Oh, it just happens. It's ex- it is just excruciating to watch. It is excruciating to watch. So. Well, thank you for giving pointing us the way forward, Nikki. Thanks for coming in. No problem. Thanks for having me. That's Nikki Breen. She's from Choice Australia. And we'll pop a link up to the article Choice has written about this if you'd like to go back and revisit the advice that Nikki just gave us. Just head to our website. It's babyology.com.au forward slash feedplaylove. In the next episode of Feed, Play, Love, I'm speaking to one mum who chose to be a surrogate for a complete stranger. Um, People in the surrogacy community complain that there's too many hoops. I actually think there's not enough, and that's my personal opinion. We talk about overseas developing countries being exploited. They get paid. We do not. (laughs) This podcast is produced by Elise Cooper. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you'll join me for the next episode of Feed, Play, Love.